Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 44 of Bleeding Blue and the New York Football Giants have completed the 2019 NFL Draft, which included, most importantly, and hopefully, the quarterback of the future. We're going to talk all about value today and break down most, some of these new players. So, without further ado, let's bleed. What are we going to bleed, David? Blue. All right, as you can hear, David double underscore Powis is back. We are back as a podcast. David, how are you doing today? I'm good. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been some time. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, ultimately, pretty happy with this draft. I know that's like taboo to say for uh, for most of uh, Giants land these days, but I'm pretty happy with the draft. It just finished. Just finished. Just finished. We're recording on a Saturday. If we were recording this on Friday, or if we were recording this on Thursday night, the the vibe may be different. But I'm I'm glad I'm glad that we're doing this now. I'm glad that we're doing this now. We get to see the complete body of work, and yeah, so we're back. We're here. Um, the weather's getting warmer. That means uh, I'm gonna have some more time on my hands. David is gonna have some more time on his hands as we hopefully approach the summer, and we're gonna be back. Bleeding Blue's gonna be here. I made the announcement on the last, uh, I believe it was the Yankee episode, that we really want to head towards shaping this podcast to be more about the Giants as opposed to splitting at 50-50 Giants and Yankees. We will still have our Yankee episodes, but mostly this is going to be Giants. So we're excited and we're here and it's going to be a fun summer. It's definitely going to be a fun summer. So housekeeping, follow the podcast on Twitter at bleeding double underscore blue. Follow me on Twitter at jpenix 74 and then follow David on Twitter at David, David double underscore Powis. All right. I'd like it to be known really quick. Very important. Let's make it known. For the first time in all of our podcasts that we've, that we've done together, we're next to each other. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot. We're to together. We're right here. We're, we're right together here. in Philadelphia right now. It's, it's lovely. It's, it's lovely. Dave, David probably sounds great. You probably sound fantastic. This is the best I've ever sounded. This beautiful microphone. When are you, when are you buying this microphone? Uh, when when the Bleeding Blue podcast gives me the money to buy it. When the bleeding blue yeah, podcast, yeah, when, when we start monetizing oh, and uh, I get gonna, I get some kickback. We're, we're, what we're gonna start a Patreon? Yeah, two dollars. Let's, let's a get a Patreon. No, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. This is it. By the <laughs> way, by the way, because I've had some people like reach out to me and just say, you know, oh, I want to start a podcast. It's it's very easy, first of all. But I and then if you're wondering the type of microphone that I use, this is a Samsung Q2U microphone, not Samsung S A M S O N. Q2U. Samson. Sam, Sam, Samson. Sam, oh, wow. I'm, I'm an idiot. Samson. I would say Samson. I would say Samson. Samson. Yeah. That probably sounds better because it's the Bible person, right? Is it, is it spelled the same way? What are you talking about? Who's the oh, Bible person? Uh, I think that's S-A-M-P-S-O-N. Oh, that's – oh, jeez. Uh, I could be wrong, that's though. Quite the, that's quite the conundrum that we're in. But, yeah, David's here, and we're excited. We're happy. Thursday night. We did it. We did it. The, everything. What oh, is no? It Sam, is Samson. Samson from the Bible is. See, um, so Samson from the Bible is in the Bible and also makes these microphones. Kadumcha. Um, we did it. Thursday night, David. Something that I've been hammering for for years. Yep. For years and for years and years, we did it. We got the quarterback. Yep. 
We got the quarterback. So what do you, give me your give me your first initial thoughts to the pick. I, I've been very vocal on Twitter talking about value. I was vocal on my live streams, but David, you've been on Twitter kind of saying support the kids, support the kids, support the kid. Obviously, I think Giants fans, I think that's a, even though people are upset with the pick, I think hopefully it's a given that we need to support the pick. We need to support the player, but give me your overall thoughts before we can get into talking about value and all that kind of stuff. So like like I like Gibson you alluded to, I am a supporter of the idea that I have a feeling many people do not spend their Saturday afternoons watching ACC football. I know I don't. Admittedly, I don't. And I just don't think it's appropriate or fair to knock the kid before we've seen him throw an NFL pass. We've, we haven't seen him. We haven't even seen him address the media yet. So let, let's take a step back and understand that this is the guy that Dave Gettleman wanted. This is the guy that the scouts wanted, apparently. We, we, need, we have no choice but to believe that. That this is the guy that they've done all their research on. This is the guy they like. Now, yes, we can get into the um, the rabbit hole that is, well, he's a Manning guy. Is it possible that this is a Mara decision? This is more of a you know Manning kind of uh, you know Corleone family idea in the in in the uh, New York Giants brass, and that's mm-hmm. possible. But I think ultimately the way I look at it is let's give the kid a chance. You know. You look at last year's draft, and I said this, I've said this in a couple of episodes. You look at last year's draft. It was an ultimately successful draft. You know, Saquon obviously worked out. You hit, you hit on a couple. You hit on BJ Hill. You hit on uh, Lorenzo Carter. You hit on on a couple of guys here and there. I have reason to believe that this scout, this scouting department, and and Dave Gettleman, they actually are doing a decent job in analyzing what they want and what the, the kind of team they're trying to shape. Now, obviously, I think Dave Gettleman has been a little um, kind of continues to put his foot in his mouth mm. when it comes to addressing the media and saying what we're going after. But as long as the players that he's picking produce on the field, I don't care what he says to the media. Lie to me all you want. I really don't care as long as you put a winning team out on the field. Yeah. And so far with 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 his draft picks – I'm seeing guys who can compete and can help create a winning culture for the New York Giants. So as far as that's concerned, I'm totally okay with the Daniel Jones pick. Uh, we can get into the value at six. Is mm-hmm. it worth it? Do we believe he would have stayed till 17? You know, we can get into that. But ultimately, my initial thoughts are just, would I have preferred to see Josh Allen? Would I have preferred to see even Dwayne Haskins? Would I have preferred to see... Uh, a, a lineman, a, an offensive lineman, even. Rosen, Rosen trade, a, jo- a Josh Rosen trade, which apparently was should have been well within our reach based mm-hmm. on what what not only did they um, not only did the Dolphins manage to get Rosen, but they even got another pick. <laughs> uh, that's the crazy part. <laughs> but so yeah, we we could go down that rabbit hole. We could we could discuss all of that. But ultimately, this is the guy they picked. This is the guy they liked. Yeah. And as much as Giants fans didn't want to believe it. When, as in the lead up to the draft, all of the hoopla that was Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Giants of Daniel Jones, they stuck to their guns. They took the guy they like. And that's really, as a fan, all you can ask is that the, the team takes the players they believe in. Because mm-hmm. you got to believe they, they have a job to do, they're doing their job. Yeah. So, all right, a couple things that you said. Um, I liked how you talked about it stays within the family because really we know it's a fact that. The Giants like to make decisions, and they like to go with things that are familiar to them. Absolutely. And this only is an affirmation of a continuation of that, of the fact that Jones is affiliated with the Mannings, and he's affiliated with the old, you know, same college coach that Eli Manning, you know, 
went to Ole Miss with. So they go, they continue to go with things that are, that are comfortable. And that's frustrating because things that are comfortable to the New York football giants, it's not like we're talking about we're coming from a winning culture. Of course, you won the Super Bowl in 07. You won the Super Bowl in 11. But we've acknowledged on previous podcasts that we are one football game in each of those seasons away from missing the playoffs and Tom Coughlin being gone in both of those seasons. So it's not like we're talking about 12-4, and 13-3, totally winning. We're dominating. It's not like we're talking about we're dominating here. It was luck, and it was chance that we got into that dance. And then, of course, we went on and we produced in the playoffs in those two seasons. So we're basing – how we're building teams and how we're building rosters based off of a flawed approach to begin with. So that's what's frustrating. I, I'm all right, I want to talk about Josh Rosen right off the bat because I wanted it to happen. I wanted it to happen. Because anybody who follows Twitter knows you yes. were you were well on the way to the Josh Rosen to the Giants. Uh, you were you were all about it I, because it makes too much sense. It made too much sense. But you know you know what I didn't realize. I, I thought about this only after after the Dolphins traded exactly the kind of package we could we absolutely could have offered mm-hmm. to them and dolphins the dolphins did it. it it made me realize what were we thinking dave gettleman didn't want josh rosen last year why would he want him this year well it's i it, no that's not that's not necessarily the case saquon was the outlier it's not that oh, people say oh yeah they didn't want darnold they didn't want rosen they didn't want Lamar Jackson, it's not that. It's the fact that Saquon was such an enticing pick. It's not that they didn't want those quarterbacks. It's just that they couldn't, they refused, they could not not take Saquon. So I'm not going to say that, oh, that they didn't like those quarterbacks. I'll tell you what, if you didn't like those quarterbacks last year, what quarterbacks are you actually going going to like? Daniel Jones. Well, and again, <laughs> so, so then this, so then we so then we get into the value conversation right. of the value of Daniel Jones at pick six. Now, I'm not saying wait till 17 because I am of the belief I tweeted this, and now people are kind of ha- people are kind of half pregnant here, and they're jumping and they're jumping back and forth in their arguments. Where I was a person that said, if you're going to take a quarterback, you have to take him at six because it's foolish to wait until 17 and to just hope that he's still on the board for the most important position in sports, for the most important position in football. It's foolish to just hope and wait till till he's there at 17. Redskins, they gambled. They got away with it. Dwayne Haskins was there for them. Great. They took their edge rusher. Great for them. But the value of Daniel Jones at six, it's very, very, very highly questionable. And even though we haven't seen him throw an NFL pass yet, David, you just look at you look at the film. He doesn't stand out. And you look at his numbers. Granted, we know that the Duke wide receivers were terrible, were terrible, dropping passes left and right. And we've seen very good caliber throws, deep throws down the field, throws in the the red zone, and we've seen them just basically been dropped. Um, But the fact that Daniel Jones struggles in terms of yards per attempt, something that Eli Manning struggles with, pushing the ball down the field. Now he's got got to... Decent arm. The arm talent is decent from what from what we're seeing. And we're gonna we're gonna break our our plan as a bleeding blue podcast, as the news is probably going to be a little slow. Our plan is to have an episode where we break down definitely we're gonna spend an entire episode on Daniel Jones. We're definitely gonna spend an entire episode on Lawrence and Baker. And then we'll probably just split up some of the later later round picks, but we want to have an episode per draft pick. Um, whether they're a half an hour or 40 minutes, maybe they're not that long. 
But from what I've seen with Daniel Jones, and I've been following, you know, Dan Schneier, who we actually interviewed a few weeks ago, he is somebody who has not liked Daniel Jones. And he right no. now, he right now, he is searching. He is searching for reasons to like him. That is how much Dan does not like Daniel Jones. So you have to just say this and you have to say this at, at this point. They got their guy. They didn't wait till 17. The fact that Dan, can we also talk about this? The fact that the Redskins played the Giants and Dan Snyder played the oh, yeah. Giants like, like a fiddle. They yeah. played him. And with this whole smoke, you want to talk about a smoke screen. The fact that, oh, the, they were they were scared shitless that the Redskins were going to trade it to the top five. Yep. And, and there's no reason to believe they actually were going no, to. No. And you want to know what? This is, this is what frustrates me. Let them. Let them give up the farm. Let them give up years and years of draft picks and draft value because they were what were they? They were all the way at fifteen. Yeah, they were fifteen. The hold that they would have had to give up to get into the now. I don't think the Bucks. Maybe the Bucks would have probably not give up that pick. The Bucks were not going to. They were on Devin White since for as long as I can remember. They've been they've been Devin White. So they were and not going to. And I don't think. And I don't think the Raiders were going to trade out since all they've done is just got. They've just garnered picks, garnered picks. Yeah. I think they were, had an excellent draft. Too. They were going to. I love hey. Clyland Farrell, I said it on this podcast that Clyland Farrell is the best pass rusher. I did not think he was going to get drafted at four, but I said he was the best pass rusher in this draft. So uh, I did say that a, a long time ago. But um, you're looking at number two, number three. That's who they, you know, so that's the that's the, um, that's the the 49ers and that's the Jets. They would have had to give up a fucking hole to get into the top yeah, three. Yeah, and based on, based on the the way that, that the lead up to the draft went, it was going to have to be the Jets. The Niners yeah. were never – they were always taking Nick Bosa. There was no way that, – that one and two pick, that was decided for mm-hmm. the longest time. I don't care what the what we heard about the Cardinals suddenly not taking Kyler Murray. That was never going to happen. It was always going to be Murray-Bosa one and two. The Jets were their only option to trade out. I don't think the Jets were ever actually seriously going to trade out. I think they were just trying to see how much interest they could garner for that third overall pick. And honestly, if there was one team that I thought would trade up there, it would have been the Redskins. And – if the Redskins didn't make a serious enough a serious enough offer to get the Jets out of three, it wasn't happening. It was a complete smokescreen. Yeah. And I think the Giants, I think the Giant, I think Giants and Dave Gettleman panicked a little bit. But like I said, they wanted to make sure they got their guy. So whether or not they got played by the Redskins or not, they got their guy. I don't think Daniel Jones was ever not their guy. So yeah, I like I said, I would have preferred to see Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. But they got their guy. So root for the guys in blue. Root for the guys in blue. Um, that's that's where we're at. We're going to break down Daniel Jones in a separate podcast episode. Um, he doesn't have the same arm talent that Eli had coming out of Ole Miss. He puts a nice little touch on the ball, throwing the ball deep down the field, but he doesn't have great arm talent. He struggles driving the ball down the field on intermediate routes. The yards per attempt is very concerning. I think it's under six. That's not good. Um, you know, just to interrupt you really quick, I think the Giants – Five, six, seven years ago. Do you remember there was a, there was a time where Eli Manning was considered one of the better deep ball quarterbacks in the NFL oh, in yeah. terms of accuracy and, and completion percentage. I think we need to understand that this team is going in a different direction. And I think what we what we didn't what, what we understood but we didn't fully gain the grasp of was what the Saquon Barkley pick meant for the Giants. When as soon as Daniel Jones got drafted, I said to the guy the, the guy I was watching with a buddy of mine, I, I said to him. I could see Daniel Jones, my player comp for Daniel Jones is like Alex Smith. I could see him being one of those very accurate, 
across the middle of the field guys, but you know, never really more than 10, 12 yards at max. Uh, dump off passes, that kind of stuff. Look at the Giants personnel, right? Saquon Barkley, elite running back, uh, elite mm-hmm. running back, but elite receiver out of the backfield. Um, Sterling Shepard, elite route runner, uh, really good at, at you know in cuts, curls, things like that. Seven, ten yards, intermediate, Inter- intermediate. intermediate routes. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden, Golden Tate, Tate same thing. Golden Tate, same thing. Has a little more deep ability, but same idea, same kind of player. Evan Ingram's really your vertical threat. So. I think we need to understand the direction the Giants are going. And in, instead of trying to hold on to this idea that, no, you need Odell, you need to be able to push the ball down the field, that's just not what they're trying to do these days. Yeah, and also you see in the NFL that that's a trend where you're seeing less five and seven drops. You're, you know, you're seeing less five and seven step dropbacks. You're seeing a lot more three-step dropbacks. And, you know, no longer is it, you know, the days of Kevin Kildrive and Kevin Gilbride of, you know, you play action fake. Eli Manning takes seven steps back. He plants that back foot and he fired and he's firing it 40 yards, 30 yards down the field to Burris and Hakeem next. You don't see it anymore. And, you know, partially we want to see it because, you know, oh yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. was that deep threat. And if we can just get another quarterback, we can just get right back to those days where we can start pushing the ball down the field. But it's, it's a, it's a league wide trend where quarterbacks, because I feel, and again, this goes back to the CBA and the fact that guys aren't practicing as much anymore, where even though obviously NFL offenses are very complicated, they're very intricate, and it's, and it's going to take time for, it always takes time for NFL rookies to gain knowledge of a system, but they are still being, they're not being asked to do as much anymore, I think, you know, in terms of pre-snap reads and audibles at the line of scrimmage, I feel like it's not as much as it, as it used to be. And it's just because of that, they're not being asked to do as much, and the game is changing. Where they're, you know, a lot of it's a lot of it's the intermediate routes, and yeah. So it, but it is tough because you have that mentality of okay, we're going to take the, you know, especially with taking of the running back and taking Dexter Lawrence at seventeen, where in a passing league. Now, obviously, you look at the rest of the draft. The Giants did acknowledge that we are in a passing league, and Dave Gettleman did his same formula of pressing the spam button on cornerbacks that he did in Carolina. <laughs> he did the same thing where he took like an insane amount of cornerbacks in the same draft for Carolina. He did, and he did the same thing here, except, you know, they got pretty good value, but uh, you know, you look at the first round for the giants, especially at the sixth pick and 17th pick still feels like they're building a team that's from 1970s. Yeah. They're trying to, which definitely, which doesn't, which goes against trends in the NFL. It goes against those trends. Why though? You know, I, I I see where you're coming from, but I I tweeted this during the Super Bowl, and I, and I said this on our podcast after the Super Bowl, and and I understand that people are going to say to me, oh well, look at the overall, look at the look at the overall stats, and look at the overall trend of the league. Don't just look at you know outlier games, but they're not outlier games. You see, the most successful teams consistently are the teams that very simply can protect the quarterback, can run the ball when they need to, can rush the passer. And can stop the run game. That's how that that's the winning formula. It still is. Well, you just acknowledge every single aspect of, of the game, though. Like no, you, you, know, you just realize I'm, you not, just I'm not talking about last. I'm not talking about airing the ball out. I'm not talking about being able to really even cover cover the the pass all that consistently. I I what I'm basically what I'm saying is it's still about the trenches. It always is and it always has been and always will be. So I'm we're looking. I just brought up Dexter Lawrence on our screen here. My man is 340 pounds. He's enormous. Mm-hmm. I believe he was the heaviest player in the draft. I think I remember them saying that when they drafted him. Now, I actually wanted to get into Dexter Lawrence because I, 
he's my least favorite pick of the draft. I more so than than Daniel. I would Jones. I would agree with. That. I think he's an excellent player. I have no problem with right. him. He just does not fill a need. He hasn't he hasn't fill a need. Um. Now, of course, Dave Gettleman promised us we weren't going to draft. You don't draft based on need necessarily. You draft the right play. You know, you you draft the best player. You don't need to don't need to always reach for need. But I think, like you said, they're they're drafting. They're they're still trying to create a team, an older style team. That's okay with me. I really don't have a problem with it. The, my my issue becomes I don't think the defense is good enough, and I don't think the offense is good enough to play like that. You need to be dominant. You need to be like the Bears. You need to be like you know Chicago. That is an absolutely dominant defense. That's how that style works. Maybe we can get there, but. I think you, your your favorite term is half pregnant, and I think that right now you look at their defense; they're in kind of a limbo because what they're trying to do is we're stockpiling our cornerbacks, mm-hmm. but then we're all about our hog mollies up front. Well, you draft a hog molly that's not about getting after the quarterback; it's about stopping the run. But then you're stockpiling cornerbacks. Decide what you're going to stop. Decide what your your mo as a defense is going to be. Is it going to be pass rushing, or is it going to be stopping the run, controlling the line of scrimmage? I, it. it it's confusing. And offensively, I think you're kind of in the same situation with a, with a quarterback who now we know is not a vertical. It doesn't stretch the field the same way that some other quarterbacks might and the way the league is going. But we're trying to improve the offensive line drastically. We're trying, we've, we've got my opinion, the best running back in the NFL. And you're kind of trying to, you're, you're trying to create a more, um, uh, you know, first, second, third down, first, second, third down, for, as opposed to first down, first down, touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's 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 confusing. They 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 don't seem to have an identity, and we've talked about the the Giants' identity yeah. a lot in the last couple of weeks, in the last couple of months. And I think the draft is where you see is is the best insight to a to a general manager's mind as to where are we going, what's our identity, and I still can't figure it out. Well, here's here's a. Here's a piece for optimism. We're gonna have a, a group of cornerbacks and a and couple and a couple guys in the secondary that are gonna be with each other for a long time. Yes, and they're gonna play with each other for a long time. And next year, we're gonna have a lot of cap money. We're gonna have a lot of cap space. And then, what do you typically see teams do? And especially on the defensive side of the ball, you see them, you see them overspend on pass rushers. So if if there's if there's a bit of a a light at the end of the tunnel, it's that for a few years, hopefully we're gonna have a really good core group of guys who are gonna be here and they're gonna really communicate well in the secondary, and then we'll be able to go out and we'll be able to spend money next offseason on on a pass rusher. That's that's the hope, um, and I guess that's that's the big macro picture that we have to look at right now. Yeah, I agree, and and I I was gonna I wanted to make sure I said this when when we started. One of the probably the biggest positive from this draft, and and mind you, like I said in the beginning, I actually think the draft is an overall successful draft. Daniel Jones is what Daniel Jones is. He's going to be an enigma until he starts playing, mm-hmm. and we're never going to know whether or not taking him at six was appropriate, was worth it. We'll find out soon, like you know, in time. But it's mm-hmm. going to take time. I really think the, the way you have to view the, the Giants draft this year, starting at seventeen. Um. For for 2019, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, for 2019, however, 2020. However, I mean, Dave, if the Giants start like they started last year, we might see them. You know, Sean O'Hara tweeted, and I guess this is the this this kind of surprised me that Sean O'Hara tweeted this because he's usually very pro pro Giants and a lot of things that they do, much like much like a lot of the players that won a Super Bowl with them, as they yeah. should be. Um, they were successful with them. He was like, 
neither of the Giants' first round picks are going to play a single third down this year. And then that kind of circulated around yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I, I did see that. that. Kind of, but I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I think the Giants are going to have a better season this year than they did last year because it's I just it's just natural to think. Now we said the same thing with Ben McAdoo, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> That that's that team just had you know was just riddled with injuries and the way that Ben McAdoo ran that offense was just so head scratching and hopefully Pat Shermer I don't think Pat Shermer is going to run that offense the same way but neither here nor there it's natural to think that the Giants are going to get better in 2019 even though a lot of people are like oh I don't know about that it is it's it's natural because I just simply think Eli's going to be better and I simply think that the offense is going the to offensive be better. line is, is vastly yeah. improved and that's why that's partially why Eli is going to improve hopefully from the start however. If you do see a similar start than we did last year, Daniel Jones will be playing. Yeah. He will be playing this yeah, year. Yeah, I saw. I saw somewhere. I, I, I don't want to misquote it exactly, but I saw somewhere there was a, a tweet of when, when as soon as they drafted Jones, uh, Dave Gettleman got in touch with Eli, as is common for the the general manager after taking a player at at someone's position, you call that player right. and kind of reassure them what's going on. Um. And Eli, you know, being the professional that he is, said, you know, my job doesn't change. Like, I, I have the same job. I get, pre- I prepare myself, and I am the starter. As yeah, far as I'm think, concerned, I'm the starter. Yeah. And he said something. I saw somewhere Gettleman, I saw I that Gettleman was, said yeah. to Eli, you know, it's your job. Keep him off the field. Mm-hmm. Make sure we don't see him. And as far as, as if you're a Giants fan, I understand that there are some people out there who say you take you take this guy with the sixth overall pick. We got to see him. You'll see him during preseason. And if you're a real Giants fan, you don't want to see him again. You want to see him during preseason and then not until at least 2020. So I I like like you're saying, Justin, I, I'm I think this draft puts the Giants in a better position than they started. I, I that you know when when the draft started on Thursday, I think they're a better team now than they were on Thursday. Oh, yeah, Thursday but, at five o'clock. But if we but if we were if we were recording this on Friday, we would not be saying all hell was breaking. Oh loose. my god, yeah, because especially because especially, 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 especially um I feel like we kind of ragged on Dexter Lawrence, and I and, and Dave, you kind of preface this where the, the we don't mind the player; it's just the fit, the fit. And where he it fits. Any sense the fact that you're in the three four, the fact that we drafted Damon Harrison's replacement, even though the Dalvin Tomlinson experiment at nose tackle worked, and yep. more importantly, the Dalvin Tomlinson experiment at defensive end did not work. So, are we gonna are we gonna force Dexter Lawrence to play defensive end, even though he could be more valuable at nose tackle? Are we going to try and have Dalvin Tomlinson play defensive end again? You know, because Lawrence is going to be going from a 4-3 system where he's a defensive tackle to a 3-4 system where if he's a defensive end, he is going to be plugging up similar gaps and similar holes as a defensive end in a 3-4 system. So it, it's, you know what irritates it's me, struggling. It's, it's struggled to see where he's going to fit. You know what irritates me? The fact that I like what James Batcher did with the defense last year, and and I think when we gave out we gave out awards la- at the end of last year, I, I gave Jave, James Batcher an award for I don't remember what specifically the name of the award mm-hmm. was, but recognizing the fact that he did a lot with a defense that often just did not have the personnel, and they mm-hmm. really played pretty well as a whole. I, I, even though you see so many people on Twitter who just want to say the defense was atrocious, well, you have to understand why they were why they struggled at times. But that that's besides the point right now. Three four defense. Tell me this: that based on their current personnel, would a four-three not make more sense? You draft a D tackle who plays D tackle, who 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 coming in is a four-three D tackle. Dalvin Tomlinson, when before the Giants switched back to a three, switched to a three-four when an, they were four-three, he was an Alabama guy, so they they play four-three. They play four-three. So you've got 
two, four, three D tackles in college who were successful in college in that role. You've got, if you look at the linebackers in a four, three, who are your linebackers now? Your linebackers are going to be Lorenzo Carter, uh, Lorenzo Carter, Alec Ogletree, and um, Goodson. BJ oh, Goodson. But Goodson, they're, they're both middle BJ linebackers. Goodson, or I, depending on depending on what they view, um, the the third round pick, uh, O'Shane. However, you say his name. Yeah, we'll we'll, Ocean. we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about those. However, you say his we'll, name. Yeah, we'll talk more about those picks. He's a pass rusher, mm-hmm. off the edge. Yeah. So whether you have him play kind of like that standing up linebacker on the edge and have BJ Goodson behind him, or put him where BJ, you know, put him at that line that left linebacker spot, I. I I, what frustrates me is when a coach or a coaching staff doesn't look at their personnel and adjust to their personnel, but rather makes the personnel adjust to their to their game plan. And that was always my complaint with Perry Fuel. That was my complaint with Kevin Kilber, uh, Kildrive, as you like to say. That was always my complaint with them. They don't. You need to look at who you've got. If you've got the personnel to run a four three, run a four three. It's easier for you to call a four three defense than for them to learn a three four defense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they. I don't, I don't know if they they have that. Um, I think especially defensive line right now is so 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 thin um, that I, I don't know if they could actually pull Manage that off. That. It's just a it's just a thought, yeah. and it's just it's just food for thought because you know later in the draft we. The, their last pay of the draft was an RD tackle. because yeah, they, they have they're definitely their, trying to they're trying yeah. to bulk up. Yeah, they have their th- they have their three main guys like on that on that defensive line. They have BJ Hill, they have Tomlinson, they have Dexter Lawrence, and they are going to be in rotation. Um, you know, so that's one thing. And then again, that's a frustrating thing that we took that we took a guy with the 17th pick. And again, we talk about value, 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 value. You took a guy with the 17th pick who is going to be in rotation. Yeah. That's again, it's it's like oh, it's a little little frustrating. We're going to see how it works. We're going to see, especially in training camp, how he's being used. We're going to see in preseason how he's being used and how he's being utilized. Um, but certainly it's head-scratching. You know, those those two first picks were, you, you can't deny. You cannot deny that they are head-scratchers. Yeah, definitely. Head-scratchers. So... And they might perform. Doesn't mean they're not... Even if they, even if they end up performing and, and performing well in their positions... It doesn't mean they're not head scratching decisions right now. Right. I, I think that's another thing. You, it's it's okay to say I disagree with the draft pick for X, Y, and Z, but then also in two years have that player be a productive NFL player who's improving every year, and still say still don't agree with the decision at the time. Mm-hmm. But okay. Yeah. I'd love to see that from both yeah. of them. Are we getting? Do we want to get into DeAndre Baker? No. We don't want to get into DeAndre no, Baker. No, we got we got a good core. We got a good. I want to watch these. I want to I want to watch film on these guys. I want to read up on all these guys, and I want to have their 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 separate ep- whether they're mini episodes or whether they're maybe we'll do the corners together in one episode. Yeah, we definitely um, could. And then we can do Daniel Jones in his own episode, Dexter Lawrence in his own episode, or maybe even combine him with the def- with the other defensive tackle that we took. Um, you know, we'll David and I will think about something. We'll format something, but I don't really want to speak on somebody that I don't really know a ton about. Um, I saw Endgame today, so I didn't really get a chance to like really tweet and look uh, look about. And I, I don't know what screwed with me more. I think Thursday night screwed with my emotions more than Endgame did. I so, I can't speak. I haven't seen Endgame. I, yet. I, I should actually stop. So you need to people, stop. People are people are going to click off. Um, but uh, all right. I want to I want to end with Josh Rosen, even though we talked a little bit about it. I need to I need to I need to just I need to acknowledge this and get this off my chest. I, I need to <clears throat> because. The fact that the Dolphins gave up expired milk. They gave up expired milk, David. 
and got and, a draft pick back. And got, and that's got the, so again, that's the absolute craziest thing to me. Not only did they get Josh Rosen, but the Cardinals gave them something else. That's what that's the craziest part to me. And the fact that they the Cardinals played this so poorly. They played it so poorly. And this is why I kind of don't want to talk about it this much. And this is why I'm partially saving it till the end. Because I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge what if person. Like, oh, what if? But let's talk about it. What if we take Josh Allen at six, we take Dexter Lawrence at 17, we give up that second round pick for I mean, hell, we probably could have taken whoever we wanted to take in the second round, traded into the second round, and then gave up our gave up that second round pick. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Uh, okay. And then do you, do you know? Do you understand my, how great and how pretty we are? Not just sitting for 2019, but for beyond. But for beyond, jo- Josh Rosen, his bonus was already paid for. He would be so fucking cheap. He'd be cheaper than a backup quarterback. So if he didn't work, fine. Cut his ass. And you, it, it is virtually, virtually, virtually zero risk. Zero, zero risk. And the fact that if he was a rookie in this year's draft, he is the right up there. He's probably the second rated quarterback behind Kyler Murray. He, he, he would be. He would be. And the fact that they didn't see that, the Giants didn't see that opportunity. And now there was a report that said that, oh, the Cardinals were asking for a first round pick. Great. I'm glad they were asking for a first-round pick. No way in hell anybody was going to give the Cardinals a first-round pick. So if that's what – and, again, this is, again, the mentality of Dave Gettleman of I refuse to pick up the phone. You're going to call me, and then I'm going to give you what you want if, if I agree with it. The, it. the refusal to pick up the phone, it's idiotic. It is fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid because the fact that the Cardinals well, – they, they were given a quarterback – Hopefully their franchise quarterback. I actually hope for them it is. But partially for me, I don't hope it is because then I'm going to be watching him win football games with the Dolphins saying, we should have done it, we should have done it, we should have done it. But at the end, I'm rooting for the guy. Like, it's just, oh my, it's it's unbelievable. It, it is frankly unbelievable that, again, again, the philosophy of the Giants of getting played by the Redskins, refusing to see that the longer that Josh Rosen was on the Cardinals roster, the more his value was going to go down. The fact that it took until today, Saturday, they took Kyler Murray on Thursday. And the fact that it took until Saturday to get the deal done, the value was going to be so, 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 so low. And we knew, we knew that nobody was really that interested. We we knew that. So this is just so... It's so, 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 so frustrating because, again, we talk about value. We talk about value and the fact that the value that you that you would have to give up for Josh Rosen, and hopefully you would hope, cross your fingers, that the value that he would have given you in return would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. Plus, you would have had Josh Allen. Plus, you would have had Dexter Lawrence. Plus, you would have had whoever and still had a great, young, poor group of cornerbacks that you would have been able to take. So, but I think what you're ignoring, and I I get your point, I really do. But I think what you're what you're not appreciating is at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Dave Gettleman does not, in this case, does not care about the draft capital going forward. Doesn't care about he doesn't care about the money. He does he is he wants his guy. And again, Daniel Jones was his guy. Josh Rosen was not. But again, that again that 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 boggles my mind that you can watch the tape. 
and you can watch the tape and see that Daniel Jones is better than Josh Rosen? I don't think anybody ever said better. Potential. Clearly. Clearly. Potentially better. And did you hear did you hear that Dave Gellman said that uh that uh Daniel Jones had the same grade as Josh Allen? Yes, they had I the did, same I grade. Did see that. That's just, he's just trying to sell the pick. He, that's not true. Oh yeah, or, or no, here's okay, no so, way so, so here's true. here's my next question. Here's my next question. Because we that, that press conference was uh, hilarious. Yeah, that press conference was hilarious. Um, he could get behind a car. He could, I, he, could, he could get into a car accident right now. <laughs> I could fucking walk out of this I I could fucking walk out of this bar and get into a car accident. We don't. We don't fucking know what's gonna happen. It's always I a great. It. It's always it. a great episode when when Justin does his Dave Gettleman boss. And, and I do it. And I do it in a different way every single time. Yep. I hate how Dave Gettleman acknowledges the room like they're a bunch of twelve year olds. Like yep. everybody in the room is a bunch of twelve year olds, and he's just so superior to everybody. Um. All right. So well, here, what was your? So question? here's here's my question. Are you taking any? There was a few. There was a few interesting quotes. Um. That, that he had from that press conference. I can walk out of this place. Get in my car. We don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know what's gonna. Yeah, clearly, clearly, we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, are we making any? Uh, any? Are we taking any stock out of the quote where, um, he said about the the green the Green Bay model of oh this guy can sit for three years and not and not play. Um, so are we are we taking it? Are we realistically taking anything out of that? Um, what I think he's doing is covering. He's covering his ass. What he's doing is he's allowing himself a safety net to say if. If magically this year, and I would love if this happened, if magically this year the Giants turn it up and they go 10-6 and six and they get into the playoffs and they even win a damn game and Eli throws for, you know, 4,200 yards and, you know, 25 touchdowns and 10 picks, that's like a classic Eli year, classic good Eli year, and for all intents and purposes has kind, kind of rejuvenates his career. At this age, rejuvenates his career at the end of his career. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's possible. You can do that. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> if that happens, and the Giants are suddenly looking successful, and the Odell trade looks beautiful now, oh. and all of the all these great things happen, what it allows Dave Gettleman is then able to say, "See, told you. Now we've got we've got." Daniel Jones sitting behind Eli when Eli's ready to go. They extend Eli another year. That's what will happen. And we, we will stay in that limbo until Eli regresses, until, until there's something else that happens that causes Jones to come in similar to the way that Favre and Rodgers worked. That's that, that's that thought. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Do I think that ultimately what Dave Gettleman wants us for that to happen? No, I really don't. But it's a potential. And I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to get the fan base prepared for you might not see this guy for a little while. Deal with it. Deal with the fact that you're not going to see your sixth overall pick. Um, you're not going to see the sixth overall pick in the draft playing for, for a little bit of time. Or like we said, it could be by November that we see him. So they don't know. Similar to the way that that uh, Dave Gellman does not know whether or not he's going to get hit by a car or not. We don't know when we're going to see the end of Jones. But what he's saying is he's not opposed to seeing Eli play for three more years. He's preparing us for it. Don't say he didn't warn you. Zoinks. Zoinks, Scoobs. Zoinks, Scoobs. Zoinks, Scoobs. Okay, I need to really quick go on a rant. Oh, Is that okay? Yeah, about about what? Oh, God. S- <sighs> Sniffled up. Yeah. So, I just want to address Giants Twitter. Oh, boy. As I love to do. You love Giants Twitter. I do. I really do. 
um, because I love seeing people make asinine comments and I love people who are just very, just very reactionary. I, I tweeted yesterday. I think you saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Giants fans logic is, you know, public says, take the quarterback. We first. need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. We need a quarterback. Eli's done. This is ridiculous. Giants take a quarterback that they like fan base says, no, not that one. The other one, you know, the, the good one, the one that I saw when I watched my one college football game of Ohio State when they when Dwayne Haskins had like 350 yards. That's the guy I wanted. We need to – I see people talking about that the Giants have been set back so far, that, they, that they, this, is a, this is a move that's going to haunt them for years and years to come. How the hell do you know that? I, what I do know is that Saquon pick is going to do that. Uh, so that's why I'm not freaking out about this one, but how I don't do want to get you, back into that. How do you know that? You don't. You know why? Because more than likely, your job has nothing to do with the Giants and what they do with their with their jobs. They have people who are making these decisions. Now, whether you agree or disagree with them is one thing. But to then think that because they drafted a quarterback that you don't like, who you have no reason to believe is not going to work the same way the same way that you and I have no reason to believe that it is going to work. That does not mean the Giants have set them back themselves back but 10 David, years. But David, I, and, and what the crazier thing is there are people who for all for, for for the majority of people who I've seen and I've talked to and people who you you know, people who actually know what the hell is going on, the rest of the draft for the Giants was pretty successful. Yeah. Based on value, they had solid value picks, they filled needs, they stockpiled some good right. assets. But David, let me I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. What <laughs> And like I said, we acknowledge, I acknowledged at the beginning that I said I wanted the quarterback. I said you got to go out and you got to get him at six if you believe that he's your guy. Don't wait till seventeen. That's not a, that's a flawed approach. Why would you wait and take a guy at seventeen? Because if he's if you're going to wait and take him at seventeen, he may not be worth it. Okay, I acknowledged that in the beginning, and I've tried not to be the total. I fucking hate the pick. I fucking hate the player because then I would be a hypocrite. But Dave, have the Giants given you any other indication to believe to? believe otherwise that the plan and that the approach is something that is good. Like all the, all these people that are getting, you know, that are hyperventilating. It's like, Oh, it's terrible. Have the giants given you any other indication, but to not react negatively to the decisions that they make. Yes. What, what indication have they shown you that they are heading in the right direction? Last year's draft. And I mean that, I mean that wholeheartedly. Last year's draft because, and 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 this is this goes beyond the Saquon pick. Saquon is Saquon, mm-hmm. and Saquon is fantastic, right. and nobody can debate that. Right. You can debate whether or not that was the right move for the team. Right. Similarly, the way we can debate about Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, all of this. For me, where they won that draft last year and where they gave me hope was in the second, third, fourth round. Was in getting Sam Beal as a compensatory pick that we still haven't seen. People seem to forget we haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was those things. Whether or not you agree with now what they did with those assets that they, that they created, I do think dealing with the fact that, you know what, it's time to, it's time to say goodbye to Snacks Harrison. It's, it's time to start moving on made sense. Didn't like it. To be brutally honest, the Odell trade, I'm okay with it. I get it. Do you want to do it? Can I, can I read and, to you what and, they got back? No, wait, and, hold on, hold no on. I know what they got back. I know exactly what they got back. But you can't be upset about that because you don't know what the hell those players are yet. If you, So, yes, okay, I'll read it for you. They got back Dexter Lawrence, O'Shane X, 
And, the, the pass rush and Jabril, Jabril Peppers. Now, this stupid account, Giants Daily, NYG says Daily. NYG Daily is saying at the bottom, fleeced. How the hell do you know that means you got fleeced? Do you know what Dexter Lawrence is going to do in the NFL? Do you know what my boy OX is going to do in, in the NFL? I like that do, you know what, do you know what Jabril Peppers is going to do for the Giants? No. So how the hell can you say fleeced? Because it's you, value. It's all about value. Well, you don't know what their value is. You have we not talk, seen we, their value. We talked about Dexter Lawrence and how he. Does anybody remember when they drafted Odell Beckham? Man, nobody, nobody expected what he was going to bring to the table. Because you don't know. Because you don't know. So, if the Giants at that time had traded, let's had, had traded. Who the hell was on the team before Odell Beckham? Who was you know who was like the best player on the Giants Ruben at that Randall time? Was the stopped. best player on the Giants? Hakeem Nix. At the time, it was probably Hakeem Nix. Sure. He was their best receiver. Sure. If you trade Hakeem Nix and you end up – he's not the best example because he really wasn't the best player on that team. You, Justin Tuck. Yeah, we, yeah we, we, get your, we get your point. And they draft Odell Beckham with that pick. Fleeced. You don't fucking know that. <laughs> that's, that that's what pisses me off. Because then you go on Twitter and you see all these people who legitimately you don't know what you got from these players. So you cannot say that. It'd be different if the Giants went ahead and traded 17 and traded their third round pick and didn't draft these guys and draft, just draft just you know held on for future capital. That's what the Raiders have done for the last couple of years. And that's why the Raiders become a laughing stock. The Giants they drafted the guys that they liked. So you can't sit there and tell me they got fleeced cuz you don't know what their value is yet. We can't predict value. So so the so your answer to my question for you know it, good. I'm I'm glad you got that off your chest. But Thank you. the answer to the answer to my question of have the Giants given you any other indication to believe that they are headed in the right direction? It's we have to wait and see. It's not that, oh, the, you, we can see the value right here, right here with this guy. We can I see, can the, see value. the value in Saquon Barkley. I can see the value in Lorenzo, in Lorenzo Carter. I can see the value in BJ Hill. We just got finished talking about their defense and the fact that their defense has pieces. Right. Why do they have pieces? It's because of the guys they drafted. It's because of the last two years. Well, it's not, not because, because of Landon Collins because he's gone. Well, well, it's it not because it's it not because of Janoris Jenkins. It could have been because of Landon Collins. It's, because the it's fact not that because of Olivier Vernon. He's gone. The reason why, if, if you want tangible evidence, you look at who's the Giants' best pass rusher right now. Lorenzo Carter. Let's not say much. Lorenzo Carter was is, is definitely the best pass rusher on the team, and he's not a bad pass rusher. Well, it's, it's not saying much. He's right not now. dominant. It's not saying much. How many sacks did he have last year? I have no clue. I'm gonna find out. I have no clue. Talk right, right but anyway, um, I said this on I, I. This is the pinned tweet that's on my profile right now. The Giants have given us no reason to believe not not that they're head not that they're not headed in the right direction, but they've given us no reason to believe that these decisions that they've made are heading in the right direction and that the decision making process. Because you look at the fact that we got nothing out of Landon Collins. You look at the fact that we didn't get enough value out of the Odell Beckham trade. You have to, you have to agree with that. That the fact that we did not get enough. How do you trade, know that? Because because you look at what Odell Beckham Jr. brings to the table, and he is worth more than the picks that they you got. You cannot say somebody is. Bef but we've. You can't them. sit here. You cannot sit here and tell me that you know for for a fact that Odell Beckham has more value than two players who you don't know their no, value. No, no, no. no, I'm not saying that he's worth more than the players, but he's worth more than the picks. He's worth more than the picks that we received. That's what I'm saying. He was he was worth more than that. That's that's my overall point. But but what is a pick? A pick is ultimately a player. Right. 
So I don't care about the picks. The picks now have names. Right. So we don't know what the value of those names right. are. So and and I keep seeing those those things. So mm-hmm. now we know what what Odo what, what the Giants got no, in return and, and for Odo right. Beckham, and it doesn't look too good. Shut up! You don't know no, that. No, and you're right. And you're right. But the fact that you that the fact that I feel like there's a certain population of Giants Twitter that's just like, oh, you can't say anything because we haven't seen anything. I still feel like fans have a right to take this critical analytical look at the decisions, even though we actually haven't seen it on the football field yet. Because they 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 have that right to question it because it's been losing for so well, long. There's no right. I, I am not saying there's You have an absolute right to question it. I have no problem if somebody says, so now we know what the Giants got in return for Odell Beckham. Right. We know what that trade looked like. But there's a lot more to that equation. What, what then that needs to be followed with is we will see. Right. But to then say fleeced, how the hell do you know that? Yeah, I guess you, know, you don't. Officially... Do me a favor and stop being stupid for six minutes. Stop looking for, you know, just a reason to have an opinion. Have a formulated opinion. Be able to back that up. If I respond to them, how do you know that? They will say, well, because Odell Beckham was all, is a potential Hall of Famer. And, well, yes. What do you fucking do? How do I not know that? Dexter Lawrence isn't going to come in, and it's going to be a, a much better pass rusher than anybody thought. Remember, what, remember when they when the Giants got Snacks Harrison? He was not a pass rusher. Everyone said he was a run stopper. He was probably the best pass rusher on the on the Giants for for a while there. Players can 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 play different roles. Look look at the look at the Yankees. Didi Gregorius couldn't hit to save his life, and it came to the Yankees. Well, I mean, look at the Yankees right now. The fact that Mike Talkman, Gio Ursula. Uh, Cameron Maybin had an RBI single. These guys are pr- uh, so. I, so lo- I, I love, think, I love the Yankees right now. I They're so my, fun. I know. I know you do. <laughs> so I think my. I think my. Uh, my. My quote of yeah, this. What's the. What's the premise? My quote thing? of this episode. My quote of this episode is: You don't know, so shut up. And I say that even though you don't know, and that's why I'm saying. You know, I. I, I guess I'm in the middle of of your opinion. The fact that we don't know, but you could still take this critical analytical look and say, hmm. Are we are we doing enough? Are we still ma- are we making decisions that are the most effective for the football team? Um, and it is and it is to be determined. It really is to be determined. But they haven't given it. But between the losing seasons and the fact that we continue to do the same things over and over and over again, it's resulted in losing seasons. It's resulted in losing football. There's no reason right now until we see the game until we see games played. There is no reason to think otherwise that the losing will not continue. So except for the fact that's that why. except for the fact that the best players on this team are the teams are the players that were drafted by Dave Gettleman. But he that also, that you but cannot he, debate. But he has also has let the best players on the team previously. He has let them. They weren't. Walk. They weren't his. Well, they, they weren't his. And, and whether you like it or not, whether whether you are okay with the fact that Dave Gettleman is, and he did this from the moment he got here, he was he he's been doing things his way. In, in the wise words of Frank, and that's and that's his ego. That's and he has a such. You can't deny that the man I got has no, such a huge ego. What would you rather in a GM? I would rather I would rather a, a, I would, a Howie I have, Roseman I have, making smart, calculated decisions that reflect the game of football today. That's what I would rather. There is no you. There, there is no reason. Every, every great trend in the NFL and in the MLB and in, in the NHL and the NBA got started by something. So just because the rest of the league goes this way, I got news for you: the Giants are never going to get to a point where they can compete with the Rams at the Rams game. They're never going to get to a point where they can compete with the Chiefs at the Chiefs game. It's just not going to happen. So they need to figure out what they can do well, make it as strong as possible. And play their brand of football. The Giants when the Identity. Giants won their when the Giants won their two Super Bowls, what did they do? 
They rushed the passer, they ran the football, and they threw the ball effectively. It wasn't their calling card, but well, for 07. Yeah, 07. They ran the ball, they played defense, and they could they could throw the ball. They could move the chains when they had. To. 2011, they had nothing besides quarterback. 2011, but they knew their identity. Right. And that was Eli Manning. These teams don't know their identity. So who doesn't know their I identity? Don't really, the Rams? No, I'm saying oh. I'm saying I'm saying uh, the, this this year, the, these last years of the oh, Giants. Okay. okay. So I don't care what the identity is. Pick one, go for it. And I think they're picking one. Run Saquon Barkley to the ground. All right. Yep. We're gonna <laughs> run Saquon Barkley to the ground. Oh, Saquon you before see. before we even get our rookie quarterback in there. Um. All right. So we we we're, we're going around in a circle. Wouldn't you agree? We we have officially. I'd like to make fun of uh, NYG Daily for a little bit more. No, no, we're not going to make fun of NYG Daily and NYG Weekly. It's my favorite Giants podcast. They can get a little crazy. They can get a little wild. Um, that's a stupid. That's a stupid tweet. You're stupid. Sometimes. All right. We're going to wrap up. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, did I say to leave a five-star rating when I was talking you about didn't. housekeeping? All right. Leave a five-star rating if you enjoy. We're yeah, leave be- one on NYG, too. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. Give one to NYG Weekly. To, uh, rate them five stars and then tell everybody in when you write the review, tell everybody to come listen to our podcast as well. That so would I can be explain nice. To them, explain to them why they did something wrong. Why? The, who did something wrong? NYG Daily. What did he do? What did they do? They wrote a stupid tweet. Oh, all right. Um, peace out. I never know how to end podcasts, so I'm just going to end it like now, except I'm going to tell you that we're going to be back. We're going to be here. Summer's coming for me, um, so I'm going to be you know, maybe writing some more articles. I'm going to have some more live streams. Well, the podcast will be back, and, uh, and we may even have a Yankees episode too, so uh, I won't promise anything, but we're here. We're excited. We're back. Summer's here. Football's coming. NFL draft. New players. Yeehaw. It's great to be in Philly. Great to be in Philly. Without further ado, let's bleed blue. Goodbye. I'm terrible at ending these.